We are in the second of three weeks where we're talking about communion. Um, next Sunday is World Communion Sunday. And last week, I just introduced to you the table. We have three things that we pay attention to when we do communion. Number one, we pay attention to whatever the table is. For many of our churches, it's the altar. And when we use the altar for that, we call it the table of the Lord. And it's perfectly appropriate for us to do that because in the Old Testament, when we talk about the tabernacle, many times the altar of the Lord in that tabernacle is referred to as the table of the Lord. And so we will talk about the table of the Lord. Many of our churches, um, we don't use the altar. Sometimes here in Santa Claus, we have the altar out and we have uh, coverings over that altar. Uh, paraments is what we call them in the church. Um, but many times we just put communion out maybe on a table like this with a cover over that. So there's all kinds of ways to do that. The thing that we remember about the table as one of the signs, not a symbol. I'm making that distinction for you. If you start talking about communion as a symbol, then you're just talking about something that stands for something. And communion is not something that just stands for something. Communion is the place that we participate with God in something. And that's what a sign does. And so the table is the sign that invites us to participate at God's table. It's why we call it the Lord's table. We don't own it. And last week I reminded you, talked to you about, if you had never thought about it, the reality that we need to think every time we come to communion, who is it that owns the table? If it's my table, then I get to set the rules, and it's not my table. So I don't get to set the rules for God's table. God sets the rules. Today I want to talk about what we put on the plates that we put on our table. And this is a little bitty plate, but it fits real well for the Hawaiian bread that we tend to use. Because, you know, the Hawaiian bread has little bitty bottoms to it. Yeah. So this one fits real well for that. But if you use one of those big, long loaves of bread or something like that, it'd look very awkward. I keep this very close to me because uh, many of you know that this was made for me by a very dear friend of mine. And so it's very meaningful to me. And so that's the one I keep on my table in my office. Uh, it's always there, present with me. But that, that patent, that's what that's called. It's called communion patent. This right here. Where we put the bread. And here's my question. Second week. We're going to talk about the bread. Why bread? Why bread? Why do we use bread as a sign from God? And most people, if I ask them a question like that, because I have, will say to me something like, well, it's what the Israelites couldn't let rise when they were leaving Egypt, and of course that's all. Okay, but why bread? Why did we pull that out of the exodus from Egypt? You think that was the only thing going on? There were lots of things going on as people were hurrying to leave Egypt. There were lots of things that... You don't think they were worried about water? Well, we're going to use water, but we don't use water itself in communion. We use the blood of the lamb. We use juice. And of course, we related back to the exodus event... But they needed water when they left. You think nobody was worrying about all the things that were their possessions that they didn't get to take with them? Remember what they're doing? They're going out into the desert and the wilderness. 
You don't get to take all those things that you've collected in your life. Yet the symbol, the sign that they're going to attach themselves to is the fact that they didn't have time to let the bread that was in the ovens rise. Unleavened bread. And that's going to be the thing on the other side of the Red Sea that God says, now, that goes from being a symbol of something to a sign. I'm going to meet you there. Why? Well, I I don't have a definitive answer for that. Contrary to people that think I might have been alive back then and I am that old, I am not. So, I don't know. All I have is the same thing you have. I have to read Scripture and I have to draw my own conclusions from that as well. So, take this as my understanding of why we use bread. If you look in Scripture, one of the very first ways that our connection to God was broken were with these words. From this day forward, Genesis the third chapter, from this day forward, you will eat, what does the Bible say? Bread. By the what? By the sweat of your brow. It's one of the first places we hear bread mentioned in the Bible. We are going to eat bread. Now, what's important for me is, well, what kind of bread was that? Because if that was Hawaiian bread, I'm working. All right? I'm sweating because I like Hawaiian bread, obviously. But that's not what the word means. The word that is used there is lechem. That's the Hebrew word. You shall eat lechem by the sweat of your brow. That's the word that is used for grain or that which will be used to make the bread. Not the bread itself. So, that means we don't get in Genesis the third chapter by the sweat of our brow the the, the final bread, we get the grain by which we will make the bread. And so it actually makes sense, does it not? By the sweat of your brow, farmers, you will now, you people who want to eat bread, you are going to have to work for the bread, the lechem, the grains, that which will make bread for you. But you're going to have to make it. That translates uh, into... If, you, if you're real familiar with the Bible, you know that Abraham is going to uh, be coming back from a battle where he goes and rescues his nephew Lot. Yeah? This battle with the kings um, in Abraham's time. And as he's coming back, he comes near Jerusalem. At that point, that little city was called Salem. It's going to be called Jerusalem because it's going to be called New Salem later. But there is a town up on the hill called Salem, up on the, this mountain. Uh, it's going to be Jerusalem someday. But the priest of God is up on that mountain. Abraham is coming back through the valley, and the priest of God comes out of Salem, and he comes down, and this is what he brings Abraham. He brings him wine, and he brings him lechem. Now, your Bibles translate that as bread. He brings him wine and he brings him bread. But you have to understand, he doesn't bring him a loaf of bread. He brings him the means by which Abraham is going to crush it up, 
make bread. So this isn't something that, that you know, uh, communion is brought off of the mountain. They sit down, eat it, and Abraham goes on. It takes time because you have to crush the grain. You have to, to make it into the bread. You have to let that bread do what it's going to do. So these guys spent some time together here because the bread that was brought was the actual grain. It's why in the Old Testament, when God says, you will bring a grain offering to me, and we also will have a bread offering, there is a distinction made between those two. So, Genesis 3, Genesis 14, we have bread described to us as the grain which comes out of the ground. But then something changes because when we get into Exodus and we're talking about the escape from Egypt and we're talking about the settlement of a new land, the name for bread changes. And now the name for bread is called matzah. You're probably very familiar with that because the Jewish people today, when they celebrate their their holy uh, Passover, will celebrate it with matzah. You can go into many stores and buy boxes of matzah, Jewish bread. That is unleavened bread. It tastes like cardboard. And it represents the matzah or the bread that they took into the wilderness with them. Truly the unleavened bread. Now here's the mistake I believe we make in the church. We have stopped there. And so when, when we talk about our, our bread at communion, we still link it to the bread of matzah as our sign. And we, there are some churches that even do that. You can't leaven the bread. And so um, they use the matzah and, and those types. Brothers and sisters, you're not reading the Bible if that's what you're doing. Because that's the bread that we brought out into Egypt, or out of Egypt into the wilderness. But that's not the bread that Jesus had at the Last Supper. Certainly he had his matzah there, because that was the Jewish bread. And that's what you used for the Passover. But that's not the word... That's not the bread that Jesus picked up when he said in John 6, it's in your bulletin, so you don't have to turn to it, but if you want everything else that surrounds it, you're going to have to turn to it. When Jesus is going to say this in John, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. Well, which bread is that? Is it the lechem? Is it the matzah? I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. Well, so eat of the grain, eat of the matzah. What what are we supposed to be eating of here? And the bread that I give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. Okay, that's what Jesus is going to say about bread. And we're going to get the word that Jesus is going to use as he says, this is my body. And here's what I believe. I believe that in Christ, what he's doing is he's linking three words in himself. 
The first is lechem. You don't get bread if you don't have grain. I think it's matzah. You don't get to the Last Supper if you don't have the unleavened bread. In other words, you don't get there if you haven't traveled through there. But the word that is used in the New Testament is the word artos. And that is a fully developed, fully leavened loaf of bread. It's the bread that I love to eat. Jesus is not simply saying of himself, this is my body, my lechem. But is he saying it? Yeah. Because we can't, as hard as we try and as smart as we are, you know the one thing that we still can't do in this world? We still cannot make a grain of wheat. We can grow it. We can harvest it. We can replant it. We can modify it. We can genetically engineer it. But we have to do that from what God has already created. We can't make it. We can't give it its DNA. We can't give it if, if my grandchildren are right as they're now learning in school and they come to me every once in a while during the week and say, Hey, Papa, let me tell you about amphibians. <laughs> okay, teach me about amphibians. The, the spermata that is a part of the grain. We can't make that. We can modify that, but we can't make it. We can't make Christ. We, we can't somehow begin that. He is the lechem. He is the grain that God gave. But he's also the unleavened. In other words, the unfinished work. He is that in our lives. But if you miss the fact, if you stop at the matzah, if you stop at the bread that is unleavened, that they didn't have time to let it rise, then you miss the artos. You miss the completed and full body of Christ. And so what I would put before you today is when you approach the communion table, this is what I understand. It's the table of the Lord's. I didn't set this table. God set this table for me, His purpose, His rules. It is the bread. And I acknowledge when I come before Christ in communion, I'm on a journey. Christ is the beginning of that. And if I don't work the sweat of my brow, if I don't work, my relationship with Christ doesn't go anywhere. If I don't work at it. But it's by the sweat of my brow. It's by my effort. Just because Christ is the lechem doesn't mean that I don't have something I have to do to pull the lechem from the world. That, that I have to pull from my relationship with Christ that which Christ is wanting me to do, be. And so I remember when I am holding bread in my hand, this is not simply a representation or a sign of a matzah piece. This is Christ that began a good work in me and continues because I'm not done. I'm on a journey. And then I remember as I hold that piece of bread in my hand that He is the raised loaf that He talks about in the New Testament. 
He's, he's the end of my journey. He's the one that leads me into eternity. He's the one that in this life will be my fulfillment. And so I just lay the bread before you this week that next week as we are going to approach the table and we're going to take bread and we're going to take juice and for those of you that want to next week, I get it. We're still in COVID and we're still being careful, but we are going to cut up cubes and it's going to be Hawaiian bread next week. We're not going to be eating little bitty wafers. Um, yeah, I see. We're going to have little bitty cups on, on the altar up here um, where you'll each get your own little individual juice cup and you'll be able to dip your bread in the juice cup. And we're hoping that we can obey all of our COVID regulations uh, and get rid of these little bitty cups. You know. But I'm going to have the little bitty cups, and if you just want the little bitty cups, that's fine, but you're not going to be dipping bread after somebody else's COVID next week, okay? Um, when you take bread next week, yeah, see, you got your own COVID, you just don't know it. I heard this morning that we could just decrease all the COVID cases if we just quit getting tested. Yeah. yeah. Not a great idea. All right, don't do it. Next week, when you come before the table of the Lord, the table that He's going to set, and you pick up that piece of bread, consider... Consider my thoughts, at least, on what that bread represents. It's the lechem. It's the grain. It is the matzah. It is the unleavened, unfinished work that Christ is doing in our lives. But it is also the artos. It's the finished work of Christ, both in our salvation and in eternity. And as we approach the Lord's table each and every month in this church, we celebrate all three things. Not just the one. It is not just the bread of the Passover. It's the beginning, it's the journey, and it's the fulfillment. Heavenly Father, I just pray for this church as a congregation. As we are on a journey that, Lord, began with you, you are with us as we travel, and, Lord, you are with us when we are finished. And so, Lord, with all three of those relationship signs, we lift up next week the bread within this body of Christ as the fulfillment of your presence with us. This we pray in your name. And amen. Please stand. I'd love to leave you with a blessing today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May God lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God is good. And all the time, go in peace. God bless everybody.